Hi, Spencer. I'm really excited to speak with our guest today. Me too, Matt. Today, we'll be interviewing Daniel Corshin from the marketing department to learn more about his role at LeBeau, his thoughts on leadership, and the idea of cheerful persistence. We'll be back in just a moment. This is LeBeau Students Talk Leadership, a podcast by students for students. In this season, we interview members of LeBeau College's academic departments to discuss their take on leadership as experts in their fields. Here are today's interview hosts. Hello again, everyone. I'm Matt Hine, and I'm a pre-junior at the LeBeau College of Business, majoring in marketing and international business. I'm Spencer Ross. I'm a senior at the LeBeau College of Business, majoring in finance, business analytics, and management information systems. Today, we're joined by Dr. Daniel Korshin, professor of marketing at the LeBeau College of Business. Dr. Korshin, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to speak with you and, uh, you know, to be able to to have a conversation with a larger audience of students and prospective students, too. To begin, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at the college? Sure. Uh, I've been at Drexel for about 12 years now. It's flown by, and I've, I've really enjoyed it uh, being here. Right now, I'm just about to begin a new adventure here as the department head of marketing. So this is something that's new to me, uh, and I'm learning about the role, you know, as many of the people listening are probably, uh, you know, they're coming in and, and, uh, and learning about Drexel as well, and I'm, I'm in a learning process too. That's great. So going off that, what are some of the careers that these prospective marketing students and current marketing students are qualified for after graduation? Yeah, marketing is, you know, it's enormous. And I, I usually think of the different disciplines, not so much in terms of like individual jobs, but as ways of thinking. So I, I tell students in my marketing strategy class, you know, if you think in your finance class, you know, you have certain goals that, that kind of guide the finance way of thinking. Um, and that tends to be, you know, let's try to maximize the profits, for example. But you're concerned with those with profitability is kind of your number one. And in operations, you know, you want to reduce the number of defects and increase the number of output. And you have those kind of things that are kind of the guiding lights of things. In marketing, the guiding light is the customer and how, you know, how much you're responding to uh, the needs of those customers. So everything that we do is in that. And, and you know, if you think of all the ways that as a consumer, you relate or, or somehow interact with the company, uh, there are tons of ways. You know, one way is when you're looking at advertising on TV or advertising that comes up on your social media feed. Uh, so there's that communications kind of aspect. Another one is if you walk into a store, everything that you see around you, everything from the, um, the, the coloring, the displays, and even I just spoke with somebody the other day at a company uh, that manufactures scents. So when you go in, the fragrance of the place that, that you're in um, has, is becoming a bigger part of, of branding. Uh, and then, of course, there are, you know, there are uh, opportunities in, in sales uh, and customer service. Uh, and product design, uh, and of course, the biggest one that's uh, you know really exploding now with the uh, with all the data that's now available to companies and marketers is the analytics side and that quantitative kind of thing. So it's a very broad uh, it's it's a it, you know it's it's a very broad field with lots of opportunities, and I think that's one of the reasons why we're one of the biggest majors in LeBeau. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and to follow off of that, in what ways has the marketing industry changed over the years 
and how is the LeBeau curriculum adapted to meet those changes and best prepare its students? So let's let's think first about the the industry, and then I can get uh, I can start to catch you up on what we're doing in LeBeau and in our department. Uh, the biggest thing that I see, you know, I, I've been in business uh, in in some capacity, like either on the managerial side or in the in the academic world. But I've been around business for let's see, it's been since like the 1990s, like early 90, early 1990s. Okay, I'll let the people listening do the math. I'm not going to admit anything. The uh, the but marketing has really changed a lot. I mean, when I was when I was starting my career, marketing was kind of like a thing on the side, um, and people were really focused on what industry should I go in, where should I invest, uh, and you just kind of assume that if you picked the highest growth industries, that you do really well. You know, so you just people were just scanning, uh, scanning and seeing like what what uh, what kind of industries are growing really quickly, and let me jump into those. Now, you know, I think a lot of those obvious kind of opportunities are are gone in the sense that you know there's competition everywhere, and there's there's no place where there isn't there aren't companies that are really fighting head to head, and there's a lot of overlap, a lot of confusion, and consumers just have so many choices. Everyone's head is spinning. For that reason, marketing has really bubbled up as a super critical function uh, because, you know, now, now that there isn't, we can't make decisions about how we're, you know, the, the main decisions are not about where to go, but it's more about how to relate to customers. It's about trying to understand um, how you can speak to customers at the right time and give them the right message and um, and then be able to eventually you know close the deal and have a longer term relationship with customers. So it's really I think the the biggest change that I've seen over the you know last now this now we're still talking kind of a couple of decades now right. Uh, the 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 biggest change has been just the acknowledgement about how important marketing is and how it's one of the really absolutely essential functions. The other one, which is is more modern now, um, and I think a lot of people will will relate to uh, is the this shift towards more quantitative analytics uh, and that is uh, you know there's there's more data now in products like kind of embedded in the products as companies we have a lot more data than we ever had and that means that students and you know people that are coming into the into businesses no matter what kind of job you have you're going to be exposed to data in some way and you're going to be forced to kind of confront that data and figure out what it means. Because um, there's a lot of, there's a, there, there are like millions of bits going all over the place. And, uh, and the people who are going to do best in, in, the few, in their careers are going to be the ones who are able to take all of that messiness and condense it into some insights that make some sense. And it's not, you know, it's not, um, it, it's, it's not easy to do, but, um, but it takes some skill and it takes some practice and uh, and it takes a, a little bit of guidance which is what we're trying to provide so um so now i think the second part of the question which is what are we doing now at lebeau trying to trying to keep up with the business and um you know so some of it is keeping up some of it is we're trying to push the boundaries a little bit uh, but we are um we're really trying to hone in on what those skills are and in fact we're going to be um we're, we're at the moment, one of the big things that I'm going to do this year is to try to collect as much 
um, as much information as I can to get to get data myself on what the market is looking for. Who's um, you know what what are the kind of skills that are really hot right now, and uh, and I think just as important, what are the skills that are more enduring that are going to serve a student not just this year but maybe you know ten years down the line, um, and what's going to help people get ahead in their career. So that's that's the kind of thing that we're looking at, and we're trying to um, we're trying to crystallize some of those things and have a a kind of path where you can say like okay now I've got this one skill. Let me add this next skill that kind of builds on top of that and then builds on top of that. Um, so that's a big thing that we're doing. We also, we have, uh, part of that is, is our analytics classes, which we're adding some analytic classes. We have a really cool class that's coming up uh, just this fall. We're going to offer it for the first time on marketing disruptive technologies and products. So it's, you know, when you have something that's really disruptive that comes into the market, wh what do you do? How do you, how do you convince customers that this is something legit uh, that they should be basically like dumping what they've been doing before and coming over to this thing. Uh, so that that's going to be a great class, I think. Really, really fun. And it's going to be, um, and it's it's taught by uh, an alum and practitioner uh, who's really, she's really, really smart, just terrific person. Um, and I, I'm really excited about that class coming up. Um, and then we have, um, we're getting a little bit more involved in corporate responsibility and kind of social impact of marketing, uh, which is, my area of expertise and um and it's it's kind of like my central area of expertise but we have a number of people in the department that are starting to work on those types of issues and we're bringing that in as well so i think those are two just two areas that i can mention that are um, kind of along that path that's awesome marketing has always seemed like one of those super dynamic industries to be in so that's great that we're moving towards that change Oh. Yeah, I agree. It's true. It's so true that, it, that it's like that. I mean, it's, uh, it changes all the time. And there's that always, no matter how much it gets into the analytics, there's always that creative bit to it, you know, that is, is personally exciting to me. Yeah. So now that we just talked about how LeBeau continues to meet the needs of the marketing industry, which I think kind of spotlights a bit of the leadership in the mar marketing department, how would you describe your leadership style? My leadership style. Let's see. We're going to find out <laughs> what it is. Um, I'll tell you what I want to do and what um, and what I try to do. Uh, first of all, let me let me start by saying I'm taking over. Uh, Trina Andres was the is the the one who's the person who's stepping down now, who's been department head for 23 years now, and she was a fantastic department head. So a lot of what I'm going to do is going to try to emulate what what she's been doing over the years. And uh, so the first thing that I do when I'm thinking about this is how do I put, let, let me, um, what, what would I like and what did I like about her leadership style? Uh, and, you know, I, I was just telling her a couple of weeks ago about this, uh, saying that, you know, one thing that was always important to me was to be a, a, feel like a valued member of the team. And I think that's something that gets overlooked a lot. I remember hearing one time uh, there, there was somebody that said, when you're giving a presentation, you want to say, one of the big things is what's the what's the takeaway like what do you want people to think after your presentation and then the second part which always gets overlooked is how do you want people to feel after the presentation uh which is is great advice is like how do you, when when people like leave your presentation or the room how do you want them to feel uh and i think that that does get overlooked a lot so but um with with her, I always felt like sort of a valued member of the team, and that and that's something that I hope to carry over um, to bring to others. But I try to be very open. I I am pretty hands on kind of a leader. I think like I like 
I like to do a lot of little nudges all the time, you know, just check in on people constantly and uh, to keep things going. I, I find that that's the way that I try to keep things organized. I'm not one for a lot of big meetings. I like to have smaller one-on-ones, but try to coordinate all of them together. Um, but ultimately, I mean, the part that excites me about the job is uh, the is, is that I'll, I'll get to choose a few priorities of the department and uh, and try to to build some consensus around you know how we're going to tackle those things um but i'm very much uh into like building consensus uh and trying to trying to nudge a consensus to try to, uh, to 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 build the consensus uh around some key issues um that's sort of how i look at the job i know it's, it's very abstract the way i'm describing it uh, but i would say that's that's my approach that's really great. And I think you uh, highlighted some really good points about leadership there. I think that was really good. Um, earlier in the conversation, you also kind of mentioned about your career when you were beginning. Um, could you just give us some more detail about how you got started in your career? Yeah, I've, I took a very weird path. Um, first, I start, my first kind of career was in uh, was as an athlete, as a fencer. Uh, I was um, a fairly high level fence. I was ranked 15th and I came in 11th at nationals one year. Um, so I was up there. I never broke into the top 10, but I was hoping to, you know, I was working towards that. Uh, and then when, uh, and that, that brought me over to Italy, uh, where I lived for a few years. Um, after I, you know, I, I figured, okay, I'm not going to marry, I'm not going to break into the top 10 finally. When I finally, you know, realized that or accepted it, <laughs> then I, uh, I came back to the States and I ended up uh, kind of warming my way into uh, uh, an advertising agency in Boston, which is a, a great one. It's a story that I tell my students all the time and I'll tell it really quickly here. I, hopefully we have time. Uh, so I met somebody through an, in, an informational interview and we got along okay. Nothing super special, but we got along pretty well. Um, I left. I sent him a thank you note. Um, and then that was kind of it. And then about a month and a half later, I saw a, uh, an announcement that he got a promotion at the company, at this advertising agency. And he was pretty high up. Like he went from uh, senior VP to executive uh, VP. Um, and I was just, I was a nobody. I never even really had a, you know, I was maybe like a lifeguard or, uh, you know, like I drove a limousine for a while, you know, stuff like that. So I guess I, I was like a nobody in the business world, but something kind of snapped in me at that moment. And I decided, I said, I have to get a job with this guy. I have to work with him. He's great. And I just really want this. So I started calling him every single week, every Wednesday, I would call this guy. Uh, and I would say you, a lot of times I would just reach his voicemail and I'd leave him a message. I'd say, um, I just read that book that you, told me about last week and I really like this about it or I would call up and I would say I'm at this company I'm working in this kind of job I don't not really crazy about it I'm in the accounting department doing something that has nothing to do with marketing but I noticed this thing about marketing here that I think they should change what do you think of this and uh, and I did that every single week for six months and uh, and then he eventually broke down um, we're still friends I just talked to him two weeks ago uh, he invited me to his his beach house. <laughs> so, so my advice is always be persistent. But that's how I broke into marketing and into into business was uh, was from that. He calls it cheerful persistence, which is like my mantra now: cheerful persistence. Uh, and uh, and then once I was in there, then I kind of started my career uh, in business. Um, I ended up getting an MBA, and I worked at uh, Sony Electronics for a while. 
always in marketing and mostly in marketing research. And, uh, and then eventually I just, I, I tell people that I got overly curious. I, I said, yeah, I saw it through the market research that when we as a company do this, that consumers do that. But I didn't understand what was going on in between. And I really got curious about it. Like, why is it that when we do this, the consumers do that? And, uh, and so that just naturally brought me to the, to the PhD um, area. And so I got my doctorate at Boston University and then I came straight here. Um, but uh, you'll, if you take the, uh, any of the consumer behavior courses that we have, uh, any students who take those, will, will, they'll get a much better hint than I knew at the time about what goes on between a company doing one thing and consumers doing something else. Uh, but at the time, I knew nothing. I, you know, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't get that in my, in my schooling. Um, so it's, it's lucky. I mean, the students now are lucky and we've got some great people. Um, there's Chen Wang and Yan Liu Huang, who are both just to really expert scholars in, in that area of consumer behavior. So they're terrific with that. But then, uh, yeah, so then, then I came straight to Drexel and here I am and, uh, and I, I really enjoy it. It's a, great, it's a great place to teach and to do research. Yeah, it's great. It's a really interesting career path you took from Italy to here. And it's, it's one of those paths where, you know, you arrive at the end, and, you know, like while I was on the path, I had no idea what was going on. I just kind of gravitated towards things that I like to do. Um, and then now looking back, you know, it sort of makes much more sense. It's like, oh, yeah, that does, you know, of course, that's what happened next. Uh, but at the time, I had no idea. I had no, no real exact plan other than to try to put myself in positions where I would enjoy what I was doing and I would be sort of self-motivated. I was always the kind of person that like, if I liked a class, I would get the A plus. And if I didn't like the class, we won't say what I got, but I, <laughs> but I didn't do as well in those classes, you know? So I knew internally that I needed to put myself in the position to succeed like that. So I always like was really active. And I think that's probably, that's probably one of the best things that I did over my career was I kept trying to put myself in those positions where I would, I would enjoy something enough that I would want to work hard at it. Yeah. So speaking of careers, um, how important do you think co-op is to a LeBeau student's education? I love the co-op program. I love teaching here because of the co-op program. First of all, every term that I'm here, I ask myself, how in the world do we manage to get everybody a co-op every time? I mean, it's like, it's basically like everybody. There are very few times where things don't work out. I mean, the overwhelming majority is people who are getting, getting co-ops. Not everybody gets their first choice co-op, but basically everybody gets a good co-op where you're going to like, you're going to get experience. You're going to like get exposed to things. Um, and I, I mean, I just think it's wonderful. It, it um, people get the experience you know, direct experience. Um, and, you know, the fact that, you know, you go to co-op, come back, go to co-op, come back. Um, sometimes it makes for, it makes things a little disjointed, I know, for students. And it's, you know, sometimes it's hard to, to build this strong connection to the community because you're in and out all the time. So that, that's a one kind of downside. But what you get from it, which I think is really nice, is, you, you know, you're constantly, you're, you're going out into the field, then you're coming back and testing some theories and things, and then you're going out and you're seeing, like, does this stuff really apply or not? Or, you know, what's, what's going on? So that's a big benefit. I think just going through the interview process itself, I know it's stressful, and I feel for all of you <laughs> who are going through that every time uh, with the various rounds and things, but it's, um, it, you know, it's, it's a great it takes practice to learn how to interview and how to seek jobs. 
Uh, and, um, and so I think we overlook that a lot as one of the benefits of, of this is just getting in front of employers, kind of selling yourself and understanding like how to know, how to know what to ask. So to find out whether it's the right place for you, uh, those, those are great skills. And then the other thing that, that I always find with the co-op is that as a teacher, uh, as an instructor in these classes, um, it's a lot easier for me to say, all right, students, put yourself in the mindset of a manager. You know, what would you do here? And here at Drexel, I get a lot of people who are very, not, not just capable of doing it, but, you know, they really, I mean, they have done it before. They have been in that kind of a seat. So now, you know, so I, we're, I'm refining skills, but they've got that sort of mindset. I've taught at some other places, really good schools, wonderful, smart students, too. Um, but because they didn't have that experience, it's very hard for them to get into the managerial mindset. And I find that much easier here. And it's really nice. Um, it makes the discussions a lot richer in the classroom. So I love it. Yeah, I, I think that co-op gives Drexel students almost a competitive edge when they're graduating. And it is just really, really something that is special and really something great for these Drexel students to be able to get that experience and graduate with that experience. I, I absolutely agree wholeheartedly. I, really, I think it's a wonderful program, and it's uh, it's and it's surprising that there are so few schools that that are you know engaged in a in a real co-op like we have. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's a real it's I mean it's it's a great benefit in so many ways. In relation to marketing, um, what are some things that we can get involved with, or skills that we can strengthen outside of the classroom? Mm, let's see. Um, I mean, I'll tell you, number, number one is don't be shy about seeking out marketing faculty. I, I, that's the, the quickest one, because every single person here that I've been working with for years really cares about the students. Um, and every single person here uh, will respond positively, you know, if you, if, if you approach them and ask them questions about whatever it is that's on your mind, whether it's class work related or not. Um, everybody really has their, their heart in the right place. So, I mean, I, I say the first resource that you have that you should not ignore is just come by the eighth floor. You can, um, anybody come by? Okay, so one of the things that I'm known for in the school a little bit is I have an espresso machine on the eighth floor um, and I love to make people espressos. So anybody listening to this, if you're out there, come by eighth floor, <laughs> come by. I will make you an espresso with great pleasure and, uh, and chat with you. But it's the same thing for anybody else. Not everyone who has an, the espresso machine, but everybody, you know, everybody around here has the same kind of attitude that they're happy to talk. So that's number one, I think, is, is, is uh, find professors. You know, if you get along with the professor and you kind of if you if you feel anything with the with the professor, you know, keep up with them. Um, there are. A lot of um, a lot of companies now are have all sorts of different types of certificates and um, and certification programs that you can you can do. So uh, like SAP, Google, Salesforce, um, especially like in the an analytics area, there are a lot of, um, of of just modules that you can do on your own that can help set you apart. Uh, and we're working right now actually to try to like match up with those and see how we can, um, we can encourage students to get the right ones and find them more easily. And also to, you know, any ones that those companies are not doing, 
um, that that are important that we're going to be able to. But keep your eye out for those things. And again, you know, ask your professors if they know of some of those certificates. Um, I would say uh, join the AMA, the American Marketing Association at Drexel. That is a great group, super active. Uh, and, um, you know, they're involved in, in competitions and, uh, the, you know, I mean, it's, it's just a terrific group. Um, so I would absolutely, you know, join that, become active in that. Uh, and, and you'll meet people, you'll, uh, you know, you'll, you'll engage in, you know, the most important issues that are facing marketers. Um, and then I would say, um, you know, the last thing, one, one thing that we, we hear is that employers really value uh, communication skills and professionalism of students. That that's something that when they see a student that is, you know, a, re a strong communicator who is, you know, is very, is reliable in terms of just like communicating, returning emails, you know, being, um, you know, be, being able to go to the office with, with a, some confidence and professionalism that it really stands out. So, um, so pay attention to those things as well, I would say, um, as you're meeting them. But those, those, I think the three big things are find the professors, um, look into some of those certificates and definitely join the AMA at Drexel. Yeah. All of those are very important, I think, as a fifth year student. Um, <laughs> well, Dr. Korshin, I believe that brings us to the end of our questions. I just want to say thank you for your time, sharing some insights with us, and thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. I mean, it's great to, to speak with all the, uh, all the students through this channel. So thank you for offering this opportunity. Stay motivated, uh, don't lose sight of the goal, and stay in touch with faculty and LeBeau. This has been LeBeau Students Talk Leadership, a podcast from the Dean's Student Advisory Board of Drexel University's LeBeau College of Business. Opinions expressed are awesome, but may not reflect the views of the college or university. Thanks for listening and join us again for our next episode.